morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market Podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. The If You Market Podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Joto PR. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Garrett Mer... Uh, I'm the worst with names. Merguth. Mer- 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 you're close. That's like, I mean, I feel like you had it perfect. Just Mer, and then I'll do the goot part, and we're good to go. Yeah, okay. Garrett Mer... <laughs> Good. <laughs> of Directive, we're going to be talking about how to work with an agency. Garrett is the CEO and co-founder of the performance marketing agency Directive, and uh, they, they work specifically with software companies. Uh, they started in 2014. Since then, they've grown to six locations. And uh, in 2019, they were in the top 500 in the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies in the U.S. So much to say about Garrett. The guy speaks everywhere, all around the world. At least he did before the whole coronavirus. <laughs> Who knows if you'll ever speak to a live audience again, Garrett. <laughs> we're actually recording this in the middle of this. Um, hopefully the sound quality holds up, but we're not in our regular uh, setup. I'm at home in a back bedroom in my coronavirus bunker right now recording. Yeah, so everything's going out down right now. Every, everybody else listening to this will probably hear it in the future when it gets uh, eventually released. So talking to the people of the future, we've got... Uh, Garrett Mer- Mergu here with us. Yeah, no, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. No, Mergu. Yeah, Mergu. And uh, no, I'm just glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Really looking forward to this. We'll try not to focus on the coronavirus too much. Uh, this episode is all about marketing agencies, how to find an agency, how to work with an agency, what not to do, kind of the inside scoop from Garrett on those things you do that, that make your agency less effective than they could be because maybe you're being a difficult client, not, not working with them in the best possible way, kind of. So, Garrett, can you kind of jump in, tell us a little bit about yourself, about what you guys do over there at Directive? Yeah, yeah. So, no, thanks for having me, Scott. Um, we, we do search marketing, SEO, and PPC uh, for uh, SaaS companies, for software companies uh, around the world. You know, we've been blessed to have some great clients and partners over the years. Uh, that have allowed us to grow with them. And yeah, no, we, uh, we're really passionate about what we do here. I love to educate uh, other marketers and help them. And hopefully this will be an educational experience. You know, there, I don't think there's really ever bla- bad clients so much as uh, bad uh, alignment. And so, you know, as long as, you know, we can learn to get on the same page with each other, I think you always can see success. So, yeah, I'd say, I mean, I know you have to be um, politically correct with the clients and say there aren't bad clients, but I would say the ones that don't pay you are bad clients. Other than that, it's just alignment. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously there's, there can be some bad situations, but I think when you focus on that, you can just see bad and people that actually have a good heart. And so I always try to find uh, the good side of it and assume the best. And once you kind of set that as a starting point, you're usually able to find common ground and work through any situation. Luckily, you know, I haven't had to do much to that. But when we have, you know, it's been, uh, that's been a big part. Right. When you bring on an agency, you're basically bringing on a member of your team. And you mm-hmm. have to remember, you're all on the same team. You have the same goals. So even if maybe there's a bad alignment, you have sales and marketing alignment, stuff like that. Here you have marketing, marketing alignment. And yep. uh, sometimes things don't quite work out, but you should all have the same goals of success. It just doesn't always, uh, doesn't always go right. And here we're trying to iron out some of those wrinkles in that relationship, maybe help people uh, work properly, be more efficient and get better, better results with their agencies. Speaking no, of agencies, what's no, an agency? It. Is there a definition of an agency? You guys do a specific thing. Um, when it comes to a marketing agency, it seems like there's this broad swath of types of agencies. It's, it's not just one animal. 
So I think that an agency is a group of more than one person. Uh, so like if you're working with a consultant or a freelancer, right? You there, that one person is essentially doing business as right. They're a DBA. It's them. They, they're the accountant. They're the CFO. They're also the marketer. They're the account strategist. And there's some real power to that. And so kind of what we try to do at directive is combine the agency model where you have infrastructure, you have runway, you have finances, you have, you know, a lot of these different things, but then you also have, you know, what's account strategists who also do the work and communicate. Um, and that's more of the consulting type agency. So in other words, you know, what you kind of ideally want, in my opinion, is that your point of contact, the person you're talking to at the agency is also doing your work ideally. And then that person doesn't have more than five accounts. So in other words, what that means then is like you have the beauty in the position of working with a freelancer, let's say, who only now has five accounts, can be exceptionally talented and make a good amount of money from the agency, yet, you know, you don't have to pay him as much. And so I do think it's a, you know, our model is built for mid-market and enterprise and really helpful for getting, you know, world-class talent uh, with infrastructure support, track record, and those things, you know, at, at a good rate. Right. So the agency maybe has a lot of resources that you couldn't hire all independently. Um, wouldn't make sense. You wouldn't have enough work to keep them full-time employed. Yeah. And, and exactly. then you're going to have hopefully a direct account manager that you work with. So you're not playing some weird game of telephone through a bunch of middlemen. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, I'd say 90% of agencies are playing telephone. You know what they do is they, they give you an account manager. That account manager has 20 to 40 accounts. I know this because I interview people from other agencies all the time. You know, they have 20 to 40 accounts. Some have 40 to 70 accounts. And then they have to like try to relay things from the client into a project management system. And then there's like a bunch of junior people that are trying to execute the tasks. I mean, I myself had some variation of that when I first started six years ago. So I, I'll, I can speak from experience and tell you it, it, that model doesn't lead to a ton of success when it comes to just quality of work because uh, nobody has enough time. Everyone's underpaid and everyone's stressed compared to, you know, where you have really talented account strategists, you have great minimums, great retainers, and then you limit their capacity to no more than five. All of a sudden, you know, you have people with time, expertise, and motivation working with you uh, and you get to see a lot of success. Nice. Okay. So it seems like we're kind of naturally transitioning here into when looking for an agency and for whatever, it isn't just agency to handle all of your marketing, but it could just be any, any aspect of your marketing, just the SEO. You want to go out to an agency. You want to look for somebody yeah, I mean, that doesn't have this game of telephone going on. Well, and you want to get a best of breed agency. So like one of the issues, right. And what you'll see is like all these kind of legacy agencies from back in the day that offered web design, SEO, PPC, email, social PR, they're all getting their butt kicked because really talented in-house marketers are like, I'd rather have two agencies, one who's good at this and one who's good at that. Because I worked with one who said they were good at all these things and they ended up being average at them. And I could have hired average in-house. I wanted to hire the best. That's why I chose an agency. And so I think it's really important when you choose an agency, like we only do search, like we just do SEO and PPC. We don't do web development. We don't do branding. We don't do all these extra things. And we only do it for software. So we not only just do a set service, we only do it for a set vertical. If you can find that in your vertical for the services you need, that type of agency will be a better agency, period. Yeah, I think agency is, it's a vendor of a type. And I've seen when we're asked, looking for vendors for, for anything in our company, one of the favorite things I like to ask when I'm involved in it is what are you guys the best at? 
And when they answer like, yeah, oh, we can do everything. What do you want done though? What do you want done? We can do everything. Oh, you want this? You want that? That's we're best at whatever you want. And then, then I know like, okay, these guys, I don't, I don't think I want to work with these guys. They should know what they're the best at. Cause that's what I'm going to ask them to show us too. I'm going to get, I'm going to yeah. say, okay, now I want a sam- I want an example. I want a sample of this particular thing. And if you say we're the best at anything you want us to be the best at, well, now you aren't <laughs> putting your best foot forward. And I already now don't trust you because there is something that is your core. It's, you know, the thing that you are the best at and you know what it is. You just don't want to share it because you're worried if it's not exactly what I'm looking for, I'm not going to go with you. And uh, to me that, yeah, that's a big red flag. The people who do everything and won't even tell you if, you know, which one of those everythings is, is kind of their core competency. No doubt. No, hundred percent. Okay. So getting uh, let's jump full into the hiring agency. People are saying we want to outsource this part of our marketing any part let's focus on the the seo what what you guys do since that's your expertise um how should they be going out now don't try not to be too biased here and just say it's really easy just look up us we're, we're directive and uh <laughs> and you're done but they're looking for an agency um how can they make sure they're getting an agency that's a good fit for them yeah so first and foremost the question you want to ask is you know who's going to be my account strategist uh, are they going to be doing the work? And then from there, you want to ask, okay, how many other accounts will they have? And if you're not getting a straight answer or they can't tell you, it's because they have way too many freaking accounts. And marketing takes time. They don't care what kind of marketing it is. It will fail. Like marketing fails and it takes time. The definition literally of marketing in my mind is like, you set out to do something, it doesn't work and you have to change it till it does. That's marketing. And all of that takes a ton of time. And so... You know, I think the most important thing you need to figure out is, are you going to get enough hours out of your agency? And then, you know, if you feel confident about that, then you want to know, cool, who else have you worked for in my space? Who else have you worked for in a similar space? Can I see some case studies? Do you have any references? And so just kind of basic, I think, you know, onboarding there. But if you get the most important thing that I don't think people ask, because nobody ever asks me and I tell them, but they don't ask me is how many people are going to like, how many other accounts is the team I'm with working on? And that right there is your most critical question. Interesting. Yeah. I guess when you're doing the problem solving part, which is so critical, if they're working 20 accounts, it's really hard to have those all in your mind and be problem solving for their unique situations. So you just, you're not going to problem solve. You're just going to look at it. You're going to technically do the tasks you're supposed to do, but chances of success are going to be slim when, when you just don't have the ability to, to mentally hold all that and problem solve for all those clients. Well, yeah. And if you want to get really good, you could say, awesome. Now, obviously, you know, uh, I haven't signed anything and, you know, things change, but could you send me, you know, three examples of someone who might be my account strategist and send me their LinkedIn. And now you oh, can yeah. go see, okay, who, who the hell does this agency hire? Like, do they have experience? Who is this person? Do I trust them? And so if you really, really want to put an agency on the ropes and the onboarding standpoint, you guys, Hey, why can you send me the LinkedIn URL? Uh, for who you think might be my account strategist or a couple different options, uh, you know, just depending. Cause obviously we, we might not close for 30 days. We got to go through legal, everything else. So you know, who's a good, can I just get an example of some of what your team looks like? Hmm. Once again, you, this is a good question. Yeah. Is it out of bounds to ask the agency if you can talk to that potential account manager? Um, I don't know if it's out of bounds, but you're taking away from the work that they're getting paid to do and, a lot of times account strategists, they're not like, 
they're not salespeople. They're not interviewing. They're, they want to do the work. That's why they chose that job. So it's not out of bounds, but um, it's usually, you're probably not going to get like a super excited agency to be like, yeah, let me schedule a little time with this account manager. Cause you know, they, they, they got to focus on the accounts that pay. That's why you have a sales team. So you don't have to distract your operations, but yeah. um, you know, people ask us and we do oblige want to serve them. But I would say if you can just look at their LinkedIn, you can probably get a pretty good idea. Okay. Now that leads me to the next thing we're talking about kind of uh, how to evaluate the agency. But when you're going and looking at agencies, they're kind of looking at you too, to see if you're going to be a good fit. Um, and hopefully if you're not, they're going to want to turn you down because they've got plenty of clients and they don't want to work with somebody who's going to be a pain. Somebody who's going to ask things like, I want to talk to the account manager before we even uh, get hired on those kind of things. So in the searching for an agency, um, part of this process, are there things to avoid that are going to kind of tip off the agency that maybe they don't want to work with you? And are there things that you can do to make kind of ingratiate them a bit? Um, at the end of the day, like you're going to be talking to a sales rep at an agency and they're going to want to close you no matter what. So you really can't piss off the agency that bad because they need new business. Right. Um, but if you want to ingratiate yourself, I think and it's, in the hiring process, like you need to cover your own butt as the point of contact, as the in-house marketer. So like I never hold anything against in-house marketers because at the end of the day, if they recommend us and they choose us, like their ass is on the line. They vouched for us. So I totally respect uh, their thoroughness and their decision-making process. And traditionally people, agent, like in-house marketers who are thorough and get multiple people involved in their agency of record choice, uh, traditionally they have like they're better partners in the long term. Because uh, nobody wants to do that. It's not like it's fun for in-house marketers to like go onboard new agencies and then put their name associated with another agency again and then risk their reputation internally. So like right. my whole approach is that we have to make our point of contact. We have to make the in-house marketer who hires us look amazing. So that's kind of our whole foundation is we're, we most importantly serve that person who hires us and then we serve as well the organization. That's awesome. So part of your job is telling the person who's looking to hire you, our job is to make you look good. Hell yeah. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, they have all the risk because you know what happens at organizations. You suggest an agency, the agency goes bad, they blame you. It's, it's simple. And so for us, we need to make sure that we always make our point of contact, our champion look great. Um, but I think what you need to do to have a good relationship with an agency, what I've seen from you know hundreds of clients here over the last six years, is the ones that get the best work. There's two different foundational, fundamental types of ways of managing an agency um, as an in-house marketer. Fear and appreciation, okay? So you can kind of bucket the management styles of in-house marketers to agencies in those two buckets. The fear is style of management is your agency does really well one month. They present you the numbers, and then you find something wrong with the number and you kind of rip them a new one on the call or you say, okay, great. What's next? And you don't show any appreciation. Um, now I understand where those people are coming from. I really do. Cause I can do that myself. Sometimes it's just, sometimes we do that as managers unknowingly. But what I found is it's easy to get your agency to get burnt out. And I, and nobody wants to tell you that on the agency side. But if you manage your agency by fear, you eventually also like you lose all the creativity. You might get better inputs, but you're going to get a worse output 
Meaning if you manage by fear, sure, they always have their content briefs ready. They always have their links, but they're scared to pitch you a new idea that could make a material change to your business. So they're going to okay. be checking the boxes and on time because they're, they're afraid of not doing that, but they're not going to be going out of their way to get you good results. Well, it's not that they're not going out of their way to get you good results. They are. They're just not going to go out of their way to take a risk. Right. And my point is, is a lot of times you bring an agency on because you want someone to, a, a really good in-house marketer leverages an agency. Okay. Here's what happens. A really, really good in-house marketer. Okay. They already have a goal for 2020 but they know if they pitch it themselves, it might not get approval. So what they do, right, is they have this world-class strategy. They find an agency that has experienced executing this type of campaign or strategy in search or SEO or PPC. They then go bring this agency on and say, hey, I'd love to get your opinion on this strategy. Do you think this could be successful? And then they have the agency pitch their strategy and then they get by and see, this is the real genius of really talented in-house marketers who do well in corporate America is they so play maybe the game you're and they leverage them. The office politics, maybe this in-house marketer has some baggage with management. And so it's, uh, it's what hopefully my wife doesn't hear this. It's what I might do with my wife sometimes where I think if I tell my wife this, she's not going to want to listen because it's coming from me. But if I ask one of her friends to tell her this, then it'll, uh, then, then they'll, they'll be able to get her ear. So are you kind of- Well, and you hedge your risk. Because it's the yeah. agency's idea. If it goes yeah. bad, it's the agency's fault. If it goes well, yeah. you hired the agency. You see, there's ways to play the game for sure. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a great. Um, that's a great. I can't tell if that's your dog or mine. We'll just pretend it's both. Um, <laughs> I want to remind everybody we're uh, we're in the middle of uh, quarantine lockdown, so everybody's recording from uh, from home at the moment. Hopefully, the sound quality is is all coming through good on this, uh, Garrett. And I'm not even going to attempt to say your last name again for the rest of the episode. Um, this, this is going great. I think I'm getting a new perspective here on how agencies can be used rather than just we need this work done and we don't have in-house expertise. There's, there's so much more to making sure you have, you have success and that even the ideas that you have, the things you want to do, I'd say within a company, maybe even just optimizing your, your SEO and you think it's really important, but your bosses aren't sold on it. Go out, or you can't it. get development team buy-in. In other words, like yeah. what happens a lot of times in software, right, is they have these developers, but they're all dedicated to product. And so you can't mm -hmm. get any of, you know, some of the fundamental changes you need to make to the website to see a real increase in return. You can't get approved, right? So what you do is you'll bring on an agency. And then because so what happens is when people pay an agency, they're also committing to do their recommendations or else they're not getting any return on the initial investment that they approve. And so what right. happens is, is they almost have to say yes to the agency because they paid them for their advice. And so yep. that's the like leverage you can create. And then, you know, when you, when you manage your agency with appreciation, a good agency doesn't take advantage of that. A good agency sees you as a light amongst many other people who manage in fear and darkness. Right. And so you end up getting the most passionate work. You get the most joyful presentations and you create this really collective you know, environment. It's the same thing with internal managers, right? Managers internally who manage with fear. They're very consistent. They hit their goals on a consistent basis, but they rarely experience exponential growth. They rarely can operate decentralized organizations because trust isn't high enough. And so everyone goes around covering their own butt instead of actually recommending things that could truly make an impact. And so you want to manage with appreciation, not with fear. And that goes for anything. It sounds like you said you use it occasionally. It might be a tool in the toolbox. Just use it very sparingly. 
Of course. I mean, accountability is different than fear, right? So appreciation plus accountability is exponentially better than fear. That's great. Accountability is one of my favorite words, not just within marketing, but across many disciplines. I feel like uh, that is the thing that people are bad at doing that causes things that are otherwise great to fall apart. The, the, the accountability part. Yeah. And accountability is not the same as, as fear. Accountability is when you go to the gym and you have a, uh, a trainer that you pay, you're basically paying them to hold you accountable. You can go lift weights yeah. on your own, but now you have forced paid for accountability. I, I, I love that. So um, kind of manage your agency through accountability, not, uh, not, not through fear, not through, are you going to show up screaming and yelling one day, but you're consistently there holding them accountable. Then they, then they're, you know, they're going to be getting the well, job. we try to help the in-house marketer, you know, become accountable internally. So we, we go about it more and saying, here's what we want to do this quarter. Here's the KPIs we want to hit. We're going to reevaluate that monthly to make sure we're on progress. And then biweekly, we're going to update you on the things we're doing. And so when you put all that together, right, we're trying to make sure that every organization we partner with, we improve their ability to get results because they hired us. And we level up their ability as a marketing team to essentially strategize plan and accomplish material change in their campaigns not just incremental improvements and that's i think an important difference so it dawns on me if you're an in-house marketer and there's an area that you're having a difficult time um just being able to outsource that and now you have an agency that's going to be accountable and they're going to produce meaning when you're held accountable for that you're no longer um you know, exposed, now you can look good and get promoted and get a raise and everything because, you know, an area you had been dropping the ball on, you now have an agency that's, that's killing it for you. And they're, they're, they're accountable and coming through now. Yeah, no, and, and that's huge. It definitely. Yeah. That's a big part of it. I love it. Sure. I feel like there is a ton to handle here still. We want to take a quick break and then we're going to try to tear through as much of this as, uh, as we can in the second half time is really flying by here, but, um, yeah, we're gonna we're talking here with uh, Garrett. I'm gonna have to say your last name again. I hate it. Uh, Garrett Megru Megroot. Is Mer-Gut. that right? Yep. Megroot. You're gonna get it. I, I, <laughs> I gotta have a whole episode before I do episodes where I just work on getting the name right. This is a, it seems to be an ongoing theme. Um, okay, we're talking with Garrett Megroot uh, here. He's the CEO of Directive, talking about how to work with an agency, how to hire an agency, how to get the most out of your agency. You're listening to the Iffy Market Podcast, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Keith from Segmetrics. Segmetrics is a data analytics platform specifically designed for marketers to help you improve the ROI of your marketing funnels. You're able to track your leads as they come in and through every touch point of your marketing funnels to understand what part of your marketing improves your lead value and makes your leads worth more. Get a handle on the KPIs that matter most for your marketing funnels. Segmetrics is built by marketers for marketers. You can find us online at segmetrics.io. Welcome back to the Iffy Market Podcast. I'm here with Garrett. Oh, the last name. I feel like uh, we just we just took a break, so it's been a minute since I pronounced this name, but for you listeners, you're like, you just said the name. Why is it so difficult? Uh, Garrett uh, Mergut. Mer- How'd I do? Yeah, perfect, man. It was great. Okay. Glad to still be here. This is good. I'm going to edit all that out. I said it perfectly. Garrett Merigut, he's the CEO of Directive. We're talking about how to hire an agency, how to work with agencies to uh, kind of optimize the relationship there. 
the first half there, Garrett, we talked a lot about a lot about hiring, how to hire them, how to find um, a, an agency that works good for you. I want to move on from that into working with the agency. Before we do that, though, um, anything you want to add into there? And also, could you speak to how many agencies should somebody talk to before they they'd, uh, pick one? Ooh, good question. Um, yeah, I think every person has like a different level or threshold where they feel like they've mitigated risk. And a lot of times it's codependent on the organization. So what I would first try to do is understand, you know, historically when someone hired an agency, uh, how many did they present to the decision maker? Uh, and then probably just match that. But I would say if you don't know and you're just trying to get a number, I'd say talking to three. I mean, I hear people talk to five or six, but you should be able to first answer your core questions of, do they offer the set thing I need? Is that explicitly what they offer, number one? And then number two, do they explicitly offer it to my vertical? So if you can answer those two questions and find three people, for example, like if you can find three agencies that work with software and just do search marketing, SEO and PPC, and you talk to three of them, I'll tell you right now, you're going to get three great options uh, for your needs if you're a software company. So that, that to me is probably the best approach. Excellent. It dawned on me that maybe you want to keep talking to agencies until you find either one that stands out from the rest or one that um, seems very inferior to the rest. So at least you know you're getting some cross-section and didn't happen to find all bad or all mediocre agencies. Um, so, but yeah, three is no, typically it, a good yeah. amount. You can ABC test there. Yeah, I mean, most of the, the, most of the deliverables might be pretty similar. You're going to be really be price sensitive maybe at this point or uh, business model sensitive. You know, how many accounts do they have per person? How much does it cost? Uh, case studies, maybe vertical experience. Oh, they've worked with this player who you respect in your industry or, the, mm -hmm. you know, X, Y, or Z. But those are what I would be looking for. Okay, fantastic. And then uh, moving on from there, any, anything else to add in about the, the agency hiring process before we move on? No, I think we really, I think we got some great advice on there and I think it's some good context. So no, I think that's huge. Okay, fantastic. And then now we've hired an agency. We're getting ready to work with them. Um, mm. you know, obviously the agency is going to have kind of their structure and how they say, here's how we work with you. You know, we're going to have a call every week or they've got something set up for how they're going to communicate with the client. Right. Is that usually dictated by the agency, by the client, some combination? Yeah, it's dictated by the agency. And so that should be a part of your eval standpoint when it comes to hiring the agency, you're going to want to make sure. Okay. So let's say I signed this contract, you know, what happens that moment, what happens the next week? Okay. You know, what is it like to work with you guys? You know, what is reporting like? Can I see examples? Um, so, yeah, I know you're going to want to get that defined before, but you're not going to want to change the agency's process uh, because essentially what will happen is you'll kind of be like the black sheep in this herd and balls will get dropped. Agencies have checks and balances and systems in place because what they're trying to do is they're trying to create repeatable like success for their portfolio. And so if you start changing up that recipe, uh, that like, now if you're working with a bad agency who doesn't have a process and you need to structure it, I mean, for the Hills, but you should be working with an agency that has a proven model of delivering results for their clients. Um, and obviously right. feedback should be greatly appreciated by your agency, but you don't really want to control that. Okay. Excellent. So they should have a structure. If they don't, that's a red flag in the hiring process and then yep. try to try to stick with the structure that they have. Otherwise, like you said, you're not going, you're going to be um, forgotten about sometimes because it's just not how, how they're used to working. 
So that's one more thing to look for in the hiring process, really. And I guess if you don't like their setup for communicating, find that out in the hiring process and hire someone where you do like their setup. Yep. Okay. So if your agency says, uh, yes, we're going to send you a, a report once a year, um, goodbye now. Maybe that's not the one you want to hire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, so we have the communication part kind of, uh, kind of set there. You want to work with their mode of communication. Um, what else when working with the agency, you know, not interrupting the way they typically do work? I, I really like that point. Are there any other major, um, I guess, mistakes I could say as a client of an agency um, that, that you could make mm -hmm. that are going to give you just not as good a result as you get otherwise, kind of logistical things like that? Um, I think... It's so funny because almost everything goes into like the initial screening and questions you ask. Uh, a great one is what types of codependencies do you have? So what I mean by that is, let's say you're working with an SEO firm um, and you know internally you can't get anything through development because you have no hours available. Or you know that you, do, you guys struggle to create content and content creation isn't in the statement of work for, for the agency. And so my okay. point here is like, what you want to do is you really want to, as an in-house marketer, become blameless. And I think this goes for everything in life. My, one of my mottos and kind of the principles and values I have at Directive is to be blameless. So what I mean by that is like, when you onboard a new client here, we want to be blameless to make sure they're asking the right questions. Like, hey, we don't create content. Will you be able to do that because our success will be codependent on your ability to create new assets? Right, right. Hey, so we're not developers. If we recommend one of these changes to like increase site speed since we know you're loading at seven seconds and we can come to two, and we ask you to be on a content delivery network to switch your hosting provider and make these changes to weigh the technical kind of side of your SEO, are you able to do that? Hey, we want to do landing pages for you do you, are you going to be able to get us brand assets or are we going to have to try to eyeball this all? Right. So my, more is like really mapping out these codependencies, getting on the same page and then get out of their way. Right. Because if, if you have a good agency, theoretically, they should onboard you. Well, you should set clear quarterly targets and then you need to be able to essentially be a Sherpa to make sure that they're aligned with the direction that your CEO or CMO has set internally for your organization. And so you really just want to be a broadcaster of your company's values to make sure that your agency is aligned with that. And then, you know, allow them to execute. And if they can't, then they're not the right agency for you. Excellent. So, so you're looking at them saying, we're going to have a difficult time getting any creative made, any, any, um, work done on the website from our developers. So if they don't handle that, if that's not part of the work that they handle, suddenly your company's going to become the bottleneck. And now you're paying this agency to sit there and wait for you to get something done. And so they're, they're not doing their job, but it isn't like, you know, they're probably not working on full commission. Um, <laughs> you're still paying them, but you've, but you've become the problem again. Exactly. And so this is once again, like a way, you know, just kind of removing bottlenecks so that you can kind of, once again, be blameless. And, and I think what happens in, and this is, you know, I experienced this in my own life. When you work with marketers um, early in your career or early in your experience as a manager, you see your role when working with others as managing them. But if you change your perspective and you take 
planning and strategy and you focus on the planning and strategy part with them and you don't manage them and you just set clear objectives. So you have accountability, like strategy, planning, and accountability are all exponentially more powerful levers than management. And in fact, are what management should be. And so if you can do that really well, you number one, you'll be successful the rest of your life and your career. But number two, you'll be able to work really well with agencies because you know how to essentially set clear objectives with them, align them to the overarching vision of your organization. You know how to map out a clear strategy with core rocks or pillars that are indicative of success. Everyone who's working together knows if when we kind of pull our heads up in three months, if we accomplish these four things, would that be success to your managing director, your CFO, your CEO? And if they can say yes and everybody's aligned, now you're in a powerful spot. Interesting. So I'd said, you know, if an agency says, hey, we'll check back with you in a year, um, jokingly that that's a bad thing. But to some extent, you do want to be able to get the setup really well and walk away. Now you're going to be checking on it regularly for accountability and whatnot and to make sure everything's aligned with where your company wants to be for little adjustments. But it seems like what you're saying is you, you do actually want them to be self-sufficient for periods of time by setting it up really well initially. Well, it's like this. What you want is you want trust. Okay? Mm -hmm. To be a good manager, a good manager of an agency of internal team members, you need to be able to trust people, right? Trust, but verify. But here's what I mean by that. So nobody, by the way, from what I'm saying is like, oh, that sounds bad, right? So every in-house marketer we work with loves the idea of a quarterly strategy, loves the idea of monthly data analysis, loves the idea of biweekly check-ins. What happens when we get derailed, right, as an agency is we set the quarterly targets and objectives and our key results. We are one week in and you get this email from your point of contact who says, hey, can we do this too? Or hey, I know we want to do this next quarter or hey. And what happens is, is every kind of week or two, you end up getting put in a new direction. And what happens is three months later, you look and you're like, what the hell did we even get done together? Because right. you pivoted. So it's kind of what I mean by that. Constantly pivoting. Yeah. Yep. So it's hmm. like strategy and planning, but you have to pair that with trust. And if there's no trust, you end up pivoting all the time and you don't execute anything that'll have material change. Interesting. So it seems like this, everything, like you said, goes back to the hiring of the agency is, is where everything, everything is. Um, it seems like if you don't know what you want done yet, if you don't know you know, how things are, if you think you're going to have to pivot still in your strategy, maybe you're not ready for an agency yet. You need to figure that out first so that you're, you're, you're not doing that to them. You're not having to do that to your agency. I think that's a good point. I think a lot of times people try to bring an agency on to crack the code for them and that can work if they trust the agency to track, like to crack that code. And there's a long enough runway. Right. Unfortunately, a lot of times if you hire an agency out of pain, out of like a really strong immediate need, you will fail because that's just not how marketing works, let alone agencies. If you don't like, like I said before, everybody fails, especially marketing. Like we fail every time with our customer at first. We always do. Like nothing ever is as easy as you thought it would be. Nothing perfectly translates from one account to another because businesses, value props, close rates, pricing, like budget, all these things are different, right? And so it takes a while to figure it out. 
So if the goal is that you need to bring an agency on and see success in the first 90 days, like more often than not, you'll fail because you, you just haven't done it. Like agencies who get to work with clients that are succeeding always succeed because the client's good. Like we right, aren't right. successful as agencies because we're good. We're successful as agencies because we got to the point where we get to only work with good clients. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the truth. Like bad agencies aren't bad because they're bad agencies. They're bad agencies because they don't get to work with successful businesses. And they always then look like a bad agency because you can't awesome. overcome the business. Yep. If the product is terrible and we've seen that my company provides data and people will come back and complain that their campaign didn't go well after they used our data. We'll say, well, it didn't go well before you used our data either. And we look at their product and we're like, how do we tell them their product sucks? Their campaign's never going to go well. Like this is, it's, I'm sorry. I know. So when you go to the agency, you usually blame them. Whenever you go outside, you blame that for the failure, but sometimes it's because your company um, kind of sucks or your product or something about, it's just not, it, it's not going to work no matter how many agencies you try. I, um, and it's, it's okay, by the way, like my services have been gone through rough patches. My products have gone through like everything I've always done goes through like peaks and valleys. Right. And my point here is more, if you try to hire an agency when you're in a valley, it, it's statistically unlikely that because of that decision, you're going to be like, get to a peak. You're better off using that money and that time and that energy to solve fundamental issues around pricing, sales, product and other issues than trying to essentially increase. It's like you got this bucket, right? There's holes everywhere. It's an ugly bucket. It doesn't work. It's got holes. It's unreliable. You have all these issues. Then you hire an agency. You're like, hey, you guys are great at pouring water, right? And you're like, yeah, you pour water. It leaks out the bucket. And they're like, what happened? We, didn't, we don't have any more water. And it's, you know, so you're better off really focusing on having a strong product and foundation than you are trying to grow uh, without addressing some fundamental material issues to your business. It cracks me up that one of the issues you had with the bucket wasn't just that it was riddled with holes, but it was also ugly. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I have this, like one of our values at directive is perception is reality. Yeah. And so essentially what a lot of people don't know is they like, they take like, especially in software, for example, they have these world-class products that accomplish a task very well, but they look horrible on the back end, or they have these websites that look horrible and these products that look great. But either way, perception is reality. And so aesthetically, the, the quality of your product is really also driven by the aesthetics of it. Think about Slack. Slack is such a beautiful experience that you consider an amazing product, yet it's not doing anything that special if you actually think about it, yet the usability of it's exceptional. Same thing with Apple. Same thing with all of these standout organizations is they've conquered this aesthetic of it. It's why Oracle gets their ass kicked. So that's why no, like nobody's choosing Oracle products like they used to in a lot of these segments because it's aesthetic and experience are so poor. And it's right, like Marketo. Right. Like Marketo stinks compared to HubSpot. I had Marketo. Yeah. I have hundreds of clients on Marketo and on Pardot, and they stink compared to HubSpot. Even though they say they're more powerful, how are you more powerful if it takes three people to use it and it still doesn't work, right? And so the, the usability, the beauty of something is critical in the success of your organization. Right, so functionality is important, but if it looks like it's from the 1980s, it's, it, you're still going to suffer kind of, it makes me think of uh, Craigslist. They lasted for quite a while. It was a big deal, but it seems like, you know, they, 
if they'd gone, given themselves a little bit of a makeover for a sleeker design, they might have had, uh, I'm sure they're still up and, and doing fantastically, but it's a very kind of basic when you have other options that, that look like they know what they're doing more, I guess. You know, when you look at your doctor, he might be great, but if he looks disheveled and like he doesn't know what he's doing, you, you might want to find a new doctor, even though this guy is a, oh, yeah, a genius. Oh, yeah, commercials. They're like, ah, well, I just got reinstated. You know, the commercial or uh, when yeah, good, good yeah. enough. Yeah, that one is awesome. I think those are the funniest. <laughs> they, they're doing a very good job with those. Okay, so <laughs> so don't be schizophrenic with your uh, with your agency, basically, constantly changing. Now, what if you know you need you have problems you need work at out, and you kind of want to outsource that? So you're going to pivot with the agency, but you let them know and you're not, you're not grading them on, you know, leads generated or traffic or whatever it is, but you're, you're grading them on the development of the, of the process and of, you know, I love that. Pivots God, that's, that's, that's great, man. No, seriously. Like it self-awareness as the in-house marketer in this situation is so massive. So if you bring on an agency and say, look, we've never done this before. We know that this isn't going to work right away. And we want to hire you because we think you're the best at creating a foundation that's going to be sustainable for the next three years. I mean, you're singing music to an agency's ears. They're like, awesome, cool. Right. And then if, you know, two quarters in, you go, okay, guys, you've had six months. Now, I'm not an expert, but I think that's enough time for a foundation. What the hell are we going to get these next six months? Yeah, that's a totally fair thing. But if you hire an agency, you've never done the thing you hired the agency before and you're two weeks in and you're like, hey, guys, I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more traction here. Uh, you know, you're just I think you, you might be missing um, just the, the feasibility of what you're setting out to do. And then those, you know, misaligned expectations cause a riff in the relationship, force the agency to avoid getting the foundation right. And then six months later, you got to start up again with a new agency. They try to build the foundation. You ask them where the results are. They try to get to the results too fast. Six months later, you got another agency and you're in a cycle, you know? Oh yeah. I think I remember in the, the call ahead of time we had with this, um, I, I believe it was you and I talking. Um, I realized if, if you're going through a lot of agencies, then you might want to stop and think maybe it's not the agencies. It might be, you know, if you're constantly fine, well, either you're really bad at hiring agencies and work on that or work on yourself and how you work with the agencies because, uh, you may be going through a lot of them because you're not working with them properly, which is kind of the whole point of this, uh, of this episode. So listen to this episode over again and then really nail down the, uh, the setup with the agency and the hiring part and then focus on yourself more than them and making sure that you're not sabotaging everything. Um, one thing on that, it dawns on me, the way to work with agencies seems very similar and marketers have probably experienced this a lot more to the way you work with developers. Um, I've seen one of the things developers hate the most is when somebody from marketing comes to them and says, Hey, I, I need this, this, and this done. And then before it's done, they've got changes. They've got new features. They've got changes again. Oh, you know what? Actually, let's make it all look like this instead. Oh no, take that function out and make it work this way. And the constant changing in the middle of the work and then being like, how come it's never done? How come it's never done? But the, as a marketer, you were giving them changes to the work, constantly throughout the process. I think uh, construction people, contractors have that as well. They make you do a, a change work order, a work change order, something like that. Every time you change something so they can show you, no, look, we laid down the floor and then you came back and said, I don't like the color, change it and change it and change it and change it. Yeah. So this constant changing of stuff, it's like, make up your mind, give them a job to do, let them do it. 
Yeah, and it's not their fault. The truth is a lot of times the in-house is not the one pivoting. The truth is a lot of times it's the director of sales who's sabotaging them and saying that, hey, this SEO agency isn't working out and they're only two weeks in. And so then they have to go back to the agency because they're getting their butt roasted internally or they've got a CMO who's getting a ton of stress from the board to get done. So really, honestly, it's not usually that the in-house marketer doesn't want to do this. And I, I really recognize that. A lot of times they're just in these tough situations. And that's why we focus so much on partnering with them and helping them because a lot of times they do want to do everything we're talking about and their reality doesn't allow it. And so that's why it's so important to, to, to partner with them above all else. Right. And then I'd say, I guess I'd say now take this episode and have that person in your company listen to it and say, stop ruining this. Let us actually carry it through. Once you say we're going to do this, you're committed. Let it happen. And uh, it, it can't fail till the end. So don't sabotage it in the middle. Kind of. Yeah. And I mean, it's easier now for us. Like when I first started, we deal with losses and stuff. It was really tough. You know, I started with 20 bucks in my pocket, you know, selling social media calendars on Fiverr and doing SEO for hookah shops, you know, and now we get to work with awesome, you know, global brands and, and they're, they're great. You know, at the end of the day, like a lot of times it's just working with a smaller organization. They have less business acumen. Uh, potentially, or they have less experience in marketing. Working with professional marketers, though, is a blessing. Like, if you can get to the point where you're to partner with professional marketers, uh, it's really, really fun. Now, okay, so you mentioned something there. You mentioned Fiverr. And that, uh, that makes me think, um, when it comes to agencies, what's the marketplace like? You've been, you've been doing this for a while now. You've seen probably some shift in how, in how things work and just the technologies you have to work with. But what about threats to agencies like people saying, oh, we're going to, you know, we need something done. We'll just go to Fiverr every month and, and get a different random person to do it. How much are these kind of things kind of threatening the agency model and, and how you guys work? Yeah, I mean, for us, they don't threaten it at all because, you know, like our average client spends around $10,000 a month with us. So it, it's not, mm. you know, we have really we have higher minimums, I guess, than that. You know, we have 7K minimums. So it's... Watch out. If they make a site called 10,000 or you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> I know, right? No, it's... Uh, it, we, back in the day, you know, when I was first starting, like I said, you know, I was always competing on price. I was always getting kind of walloped by this cheaper option or some freelancer sends them an audit from a tool that I also had access to. And like, look at this. And, you know... But now it's much more, we're, we have long-term, we have annual contracts, you know, with large in-house marketing teams or really talented, you know, individual marketers or leveraging agencies. So we actually don't really, I don't think I've ever lost a deal in a while to like a freelancer or something like that, just because of who we're working with um, and what their expectations are. You know, we're working with professionals who, who've been around the block and they can sniff BS from two miles away and they, they choose us because they're like, Oh my God, this is refreshing. Um, right. They've seen so, enough, but the small company maybe hasn't seen enough. So they're going to end up hiring bad agencies right. frequently. Yeah. They get bad agencies. They have, you know, their businesses haven't necessarily performed like they hope they would. And then they, instead of maybe, you know, taking complete ownership of that and then focusing on that, they just try to get a different agency because you know, that's just where they are in that stage. And that's fine. I mean, I've been through those stages myself. It's just, you know, it, it, it's a powerful place to first, you know, figure out your product, your business, your, your pricing, your target market, these things, and then, you know, get an agency to grow after you have some experience. The other thing is like education, you know, working with a business owner, a small business owner, right? Who hires an agency, 
they don't necessarily know your field. Working with a professional marketer, they might know it, right? So we actually, we built our own product internally, an educational course called the Directive Institute. It's only $39 a month, um, but we give it to all our clients free of charge and unlimited seats. So the goal is that when we work with a client, we found that education and adoption are highly correlated. So we want to make sure that our clients truly understand what we do, how we do it. You know, we're not afraid of like our client, like taking everything that we do and like doing it themselves or something because there, there's true value in what we offer and our approach and our experience. And so we try to educate them, give away everything, uh, help them. And then we found that we have deeper relationships and we're able to you know, be more integrated to their business and, and execute things more efficiently. Interesting. So you want them to basically know how to do what, um, what you do, how to do it yeah. because they probably didn't hire you because they, they didn't know the skills. Um, or that, I mean, maybe, but it isn't like they're just saying, oh, if I knew how to do this, I wouldn't hire them. They probably don't have the time. They have other things they need to work on, all, all that kind of stuff. They're looking to outsource it to you. But by them understanding exactly what you're doing, it, it makes that relationship, you know, that much easier to be successful, I guess. Oh, yeah. Or let's say like you can't get anything approved by development. We'll send our course to development and see if they want to take it. Now, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But they can go through our SEO course and be like, oh, that's why they keep bugging me about this, right? Or a lot of times you'd be amazed, CMOs, they, they didn't start off with digital being as heavy. So they aren't as experienced in some of these more technical fields of digital like SEO or PPC. So by getting their awareness up and their, their insight around it, now you can turn a CMO who was a begrudging decision maker to a champion who pushes for more digital budget in these channels. And so we, we find that education is really, really important to success. That's great. And um, I think uh, we'll, we'll put a link to that um, if, if you've got it on a specific spot on your site um, on, the, uh, on the show notes for this episode as well. Oh, that'd be which huge. Yeah, hopefully they help you. Which we're actually getting really close to. Um, so I guess I'd say any final things that, uh, that we haven't covered here that we really need to for the overall picture of kind of how to work with an agency. I guess, do you have any quick, um, uh, just like don't do's uh, with, with an agency, things to avoid that can ruin the, uh, the relationship that we haven't already covered? No, I, I think we've been so thorough. I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to making the right choices in the hiring phase, making sure you're ready for an agency, and then be hyper-involved in the strategy, the planning, and the objective setting and then try to get out of their way. Because if you can do that and then focus on the activities you're best at, which is why you hired them in the first place, and then you get your biweekly check-ins, make sure that they're actually accomplishing the set objectives you set out with them. I mean, you get to be an exponentially more powerful marketer on the things you're great at, and they get to do what they're good at. And I try to do the same thing in running our digital here at Directive, is I meet with all my members quarterly, I plan out what our objectives and key results look like, and then I try to get out of their way and then check in biweekly to make sure and my check-ins aren't just about anything. They're about the objectives and key results. How are you progressing on this? How are you progressing on that? Now we have targeted, aligned conversations, and you know we experience tremendous growth. Awesome. And I guess with an agency, it's it's um it's a lot more feasible to do that because one, you're you're physically disconnected from them, uh, mm -hmm. and also an agency really knows what they're doing. So it isn't like you have to hold their hands like maybe you a new hire who doesn't quite know all the skills yet or whatnot. So once you set it up, you should be able to not, not micromanage them and, and constantly get in the way, but just let them do their job. 
I love it. I love it. This is huge. Thanks so much for having me, Sky. This is fun. Yeah, I think the title of this episode might be just let them do their job. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the simple <laughs> takeaway. You yeah, hired I mean, them. This goes for hiring anybody, right? Yeah. You hired them. Now let them do their job. Um, okay, fantastic. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, you can find the show notes, more information on uh, Garrett Mer Mergut. How'd yep. I do? All right, oh, Garrett Mergut on uh, ifyoumarket.com. And uh, please, uh, please share us on social media. Tell a friend's. That was plural. Yep. Tell more than one friend. It wasn't just me mixing up my words here. And subscribe. Give us a good review on iTunes. All those kind of good things. On uh, on behalf of the If You Market team and Garrett uh, Meg Root of Directive, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it, they will come. Is your data company ignoring and gouging you, or gouging and ignoring you? Those are the main reasons our customers move from the previous list provider, Mountaintop Data's top data search platform. What's top data search? Well, with top data search, you can search our database of 20 million plus business contacts and download lists with complete contact information. It's a convenient tool for both sales and marketing departments to get accurate lists. It's free to have an account. There's no annual contracts, no seat fees. Top data search is just easy access to accurate data. And when you reach out to us with questions, we actually give you answers. Visit topdatasearch.com and sign up for a free account with the coupon code IYM300 and get 300 free credits. Or if you're just curious, go to topdatasearch.com and run some searches on our open search tool, no account needed, by clicking the search now button. That's at topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.